Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I am your host Matthew Roberts and this is season 4, episode 132 of this daily study podcast. Thank you so much once again for joining us as we conclude our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials. Had a bit of a shorter time to get through the things we want to study this week, uh, but there has been so much, I'm sure, to pick out from this. Uh, we're going to look today at Leviticus uh, chapter 16, but of course we've been looking this week at Exodus chapters 35 to 40, Leviticus 1, uh, 13 and 16 in the week of May the 2nd to May the 8th. Um, so in Leviticus 16, there's quite a number of things that it's talked about, but a few things that I wanted to focus on from what I learned from this is first of all this interesting um, routine or tradition or uh, commandment about the scapegoat. We read of this um, in verse 10, really. So basically, uh, one of the instructions given to Aaron and the priests uh, is to have two goats. Uh, And in verse 8, actually, we'll start. It says, And Aaron shall cast lots upon the two goats, one lot for the Lord and and the other lot for the scapegoat. And Aaron shall bring the goat upon which the Lord's lot fell and offer him for him a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell to be the scapegoat shall be presented alive before the Lord to make an atonement with him and to be let go for a scapegoat into the wilderness. Um, This is, of course, where we get the phrase a scapegoat from. And it is an individual that takes the blame or the the fall, I suppose, maybe a phrase, uh, for something that has done been done wrong by somebody else. Uh, and this is obviously um, very uh, reminiscent and linked with our Saviour's uh, sacrifice for us, how he is the, the sacrifice that has been made on behalf of everyone else, uh, and that he will um, be the means of everyone being able to uh, not have to suffer as he did. Uh, and so, again, you know, throughout these chapters, the, the symbolism between um, what is going on in the tabernacle and the saviour is so apparent and so clear. Um, we then move <coughs> further through and there's more instructions and directions for the priests uh, and those that officiate uh, at the tabernacle. Um, in verse 16, I, I like what, it's, what the Lord says. Uh, He says, and he shall make an atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanliness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions in all their sins. And so shall he do for the tabernacle of the congregation that remaineth among them in the midst of their cleanliness. Um, It is important that the children of Israel have these sacrifices made, that there is a cleansing of the the congregation so that they can have the presence of the Lord within within their midst in the in their tabernacle um this is a blessing for them that the tabernacle is present with them and how much of a blessing is it today that we have the temple uh in the midst of us in the world of course in some places it is far easier to get to a temple than it is uh, in others uh with the announcements of the birmingham united kingdom mission um where where i'm situated in manchester there'll be two temples uh, within an hour, an hour's distance uh, which is a tremendous blessing, uh, depends on traffic, I suppose. Um, but it is a tremendous blessing, um, and so there are some. There is, I'm very aware there are some places in the world that um, they don't have a temple within an hour's distance um, by any means. Um, but we do, and we are having 
well, several uh, dozens of temples announced each year now. I mean, I believe, if I remember correctly, there, there was 13 announced at the last conference alone. Um, and so the world is being populated with the temples. And this is because they are necessary, they are needed for us to become a more sanctified and holy people. Um, and so this is, again, just uh, made clear um in the in this chapter and in these chapters in which we have had uh, to study this week um so we've talked about the scapegoat and this is um a reminder to the children of israel that the lord will be merciful to them despite the uh the murmurings and difficulties that have taken place so far he always provides a way uh, for them to return back to him finally in verse uh, sorry chapter 19 uh, we have a reminder of some of the laws and statutes that the people are to live uh, by the Lord, um, covering a vast majority, if not all, of the Ten Commandments in some way. Uh, but rem a reminder to them about the law which uh, was put before them, which they need to live. Um, but you'll see here as well that there is further insight into these commandments. Uh, for example, there isn't any commandment about necessarily giving to the poor. I mean, of course... Um, that is something which, as Christians today, we feel like, well, of course we need to do that. Uh, but we might perhaps point to the teachings of the Saviour where, where he says, love thy neighbour. Or the first great commandment is to love God, and the second is like unto it, to love to love thy neighbour. Um, but here, in verse 10 of Levit Leviticus 19, we read, And thou shalt not glean neither vineyard, neither shalt thou gather every grape of thy vineyard. Thou shalt leave them for the poor and stranger. I am the Lord your God. So here, um, in, right in the Old Testament, in the law of Moses, the people were told to not only just give to the poor, but actually when they are harvesting and collecting their, the results and the fruits of their day's work, to leave some out so that the poor may, and, and the stranger may have some of it. Um, and this is, of course, um, linked with uh, in the New Testament uh, when the, um, the disciples were walking with Jesus. In Luke chapter 6, uh, when the, the disciples were picking, plucking grains from the fields and rubbing them in their hands and partaking them on the Sabbath, I mean, of course, the, the Pharisees then came to Jesus and questioned him on their practice and questioned why they were doing that on the Sabbath day. Their argument being that, of course, on the Sabbath, you shouldn't prepare or take any food and it should all be prepared already and so on. But of course, some last day readers may look at that and go, well, surely their question should be, why are they taking other people's grain without asking? But this is this is why. This is why it was accepted, because it was the common practice by the Lord, or given by the Lord, uh, to leave some grain and fruits of their um, produce in the fields so that the poor and the stranger may come and partake uh, if they are in need. President Russell M. Nelson taught, quote, Scriptures teach us that the poor, especially widows, orphans, and strangers, have long been the concern of God and the godly. The poor have been especially favoured by the law. Old Testament teachings authorised poor persons at harvest time to go to glean after the reapers. At fruit picking time, what was left hanging on the branches belonged to the poor. In the sabbatical seventh year and in the jubilee fiftieth year, land was not planted nor tilled and what grew of itself was free for the hungry. To those who cared for the poor, blessings were promised. The Lord would deliver them in time of trouble. Close quote. So I just liked uh, the, um, that idea 
and how good would it be for us you know when we receive or we when we collect in our harvest as it were that we make sure that we give some to the poor and of course we do do this uh through fast offerings and through other um charitable pursuits that we may be involved in um and so you know that is just a reminder that the law of moses wasn't just a law of strict things of what things to do and not to do and things to do with sacrifices but it was a law full of love that was pointed toward the saviour and developing the god's children so that they could become more like the saviour who would come one day uh, another one uh, which again i think you know we often forget because whenever we think of the law of moses we think of um you know an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and all these kind of laws which were more focused on retribution uh, but in verse 18 of Leviticus, Leviticus 19 it says thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself I am the Lord um, again um, the idea here is, is expressed that we should love uh, one another and uh, in verse 17 actually which I didn't read but it refers to not hating our brother um, and forgiving basically um, elder dale g renland taught quote god delights in mercy and does not begrudge its use in micah's words who is a god like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity will have compassion upon us and will cast all sins into the depths of the sea to love mercy as god does is inseparably connected to dealing justly with that with others and not mistreating them close quote um we ought to uh, love one another and even in the law of moses where where again we sometimes take it as a um, law that was very uh, focused on temporal things, very focused on commandments of do's and don'ts. There was a grander plan and uh, purpose for this law, which was different and was um, was re- was fulfilled by Christ when he came, but yet it still helped those that lived it correctly uh, to become closer to Christ. Um, and why else would we have scores and scores of prophets that we read about like Isaiah and Jeremiah and Micah and Ezekiel and others who lived the Lord Moses with the attunement to the spirit that they had if this law did not help them to fulfill to, to do that. Thank you so much for listening today uh, to this study. Uh, we'll continue into the book of Numbers next week uh, and some of the important events that take place there and the lessons we can learn together. Please join us tomorrow for our Monday episode where we will discuss something else that's been studied uh, aside from our Come Follow Me materials and any comments that have been shared on the Facebook group. Thank you so much for your time and until we meet again.